Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Hey, I just want to start off by saying that the Bible is awesome. Like, the Bible is awesome. Every day I just get such wisdom, such encouragement from it. It's uh, it, it just, I grab it and, and I just allow it just to shape my life. And uh, I just want to say, like, I know that for some of you, you may just think, like, is the Bible really that, that relevant? I'm just saying it is just so, so, so relevant today. Like, it's every year... It's the number one book that's sold in the world every year. has been ever since books have been like made. It's been the number one book selling book every year. It's because it's just so good. I just want to put that out there. Like if you're not much of a reader or you know, you're not too sure about the Bible, oh, the Bible's awesome. Okay, so, so in the Bible, we've got these four different accounts of Jesus' life and his ministry and death and resurrection. Those four books are called the the Gospels, which means good news. And we know them by the names of the four people that wrote them, which are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Good chaps they were getting those things down. So for me, I've been reading through the book of Luke just after over the past few weeks, and you might think, look, why are you taking so long? It's not that long. I'm just like enjoying just going slowly. It's just so rich. And, uh, and so much of it, like I get encouragement. I get, feel like I get wisdom. I get challenged. Um, but I want to talk this today about one of the things that we see through the Gospel of Luke, but also in all of the Gospels, and all, actually through the whole Bible. But it's one of these things that Jesus just keeps teaching. And he's saying this. He says, if you want your best life... You have to give your life away. If you want your best life, you have to give your life away. In Luke 6, 38, he says this, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Or in the Message Bible version, it says this, it says, give away your life. You'll find life given back. But not merely given back, given back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begets generosity. Give away your life and you get life. want to pray real quick just that God will open our hearts for what he's got for each of us I know I know we've been praying lots already this morning but like we can we can do that we can do another one all right God we do uh, just in this place in this moment we stop and we open our hearts to you you know we're here for all sorts of different reasons we come with all sorts of different things swirling in our heads and our hearts right now but we just in this moment we stop and we say God speak to us in our life, in our situation, all unique, all different. Speak your words of life to us. Amen. We were just out uh, for dinner on uh, Friday night with uh, 
wonderful couple, and uh, you may or may not be sitting next to them today, you never know, but at the end of the meal, we sort of stood up and they said, we'll get this. Yeah, those are the sort of friends you like, eh? <laughs> I was like, wow, my first response is like, oh, wow, that's amazing. Like, I'm just so grateful. That's just, but then, then I'm thinking like, ah, but I'm also stoked for you because I know how this works. Like, you give and, and there is something down the track where God will bring blessing. You give away your life, you find your life given back. I would hope that if you've been coming along for a while that you're all uh, signed up for the Coast Vineyard uh, Community Facebook page. Does anyone know about that? Yeah, yeah. I know about that. Um, and I just see there just so often there's people, you know, like, hey, we've just got this bed. Anyone want it? Just help yourself. Like, I've got this lounge suite. Come and grab it. Or um, just so much generosity there. And I just look at that and I go like, I love that. Because people are getting, that may be in, you know, tight financial circumstances, are able to get stuff that they may normally have to pay for. But I also know that the people that are giving this away, there's going to, generosity begets generosity. It's like a win-win. I know that I've, I've told this story before, and, but some of you may be new and you may need a trailer one day. But I've got a, I've got a trailer that I just say, like, anyone wants to borrow my trailer, you're very welcome. Like, it's a cage trailer. It's uh, about 12 years old now. It used to look a lot better than it does now. Um, one time I lent it to uh, a friend and uh, he went and picked up some piglets and about, like, 12 piglets in it. The thing I didn't know when I said yes is that, like, he hadn't built his piglet pen yet. <laughs> So he threw a whole lot of sawdust in the back of my trailer and the piglets were in the trailer for about a week. And like, it used to have this like galvanized floor and like, I don't know what it is now, but it's like, the gal- it's not galvanized. Um, <laughs> so I've lent it to someone else one time and they came back and I said like, oh, where's the tailgate? You know, the, the flap that comes down? He's like, oh, I was there when I left. <laughs> you know? It's like, off you go. <laughs> <laughs> drive back the way you came and, and uh, oh, found it on the side of the road. Um, someone else borrowed it one time. You know the electric plug that plugs in? That, you know, so it came back and they dropped it off and I went out to have a look at it the next day and the plug was separated from the cable but it was nicely placed on the, on the drawbar of the trailer. It's like they didn't say anything <laughs> but they thoughtfully left me the plug. Uh, <laughs> after obviously knowing it was disconnected from the cable. But, but then, and like one time I, left, I lent it to a guy and I said like, um, like I'm just in, in the process of, of getting a warrant for it and, uh, and it needed to get the springs replaced, you know, the suspension springs. And he just said like, hey look, you know, I borrow this a lot. I, I, why don't I get that, you know, 600 odd dollars later. And I'm like, ah, you know, generosity begets generosity. Now I love it when I hear people opening up their homes and, um, inviting people over for dinner or making a, a meal for a family with COVID or um, helping their friend, you know, paint their house. Or I just love it because, like, because everyone's a winner. Like, sounds like, sounds like a song. Like, it, it, everyone's a winner. You know, you know, every one of those four gospel accounts that talk about Jesus' life, every one of them have recorded Jesus' saying uh, that 
you have to lose your life to find your life. It's even two different times in the Gospel Matthew, two different times in the Gospel Luke, once each in Mark and John. And he says this, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. And you, you, when you read that, it sort of just flows and it sounds nice. But it's just like, it actually, if, unless you really think about it, it can very easily not make sense. It's like, how do you lose something to find it? Like, have you lost it or have you found it? Think about your wallet. You lose your wallet, you've lost your wallet. <laughs> it's like... Uh, is that the bank? Like, is it to cancel the cards? So what is this? How does this make sense? What is Jesus talking about here? There must be two kinds of lives. Hey, there must be. And you have to lose one to find the other. There's two kinds of lives. The more you grab of one, the less that you have of the other, and vice versa as well. So we need to figure out what these two lives are. What are these two lives? What's Jesus talking about here? So we need to figure out what these two lives are and then decide which one's better. And then decide which, each day, what life am I going to choose today? So let's look at these two lives, okay? Sound all right? Life number one. Okay, we'll put the picture up, life number one. Is there a picture coming up? Okay, this is life, this is, because Jesus is talking about life, you know, the good life. The, you know, she's like, there's one, you know, you've got to lo- lose one to get one, but you've got to figure out which one you want. Now, a lot of people, like the, the, you go on any commercial, just about any commercial on the TV, will be talking about this kind of life. This kind of life. You know, the palm trees and the hammock and the sunshine. And, uh, and the big boats. What are some of the things that kind of would, is this kind of life? Yell them out. What are some of the things, this kind of life? This Money. Yes. That's about it, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, free time. What's that one? Self-indulgent. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I mean, the money thing, eh? it's like that whole thing of like, being able to buy just whatever you want. Like, it's so interesting. I searched on, uh, on Google and uh, like, the, what is the meaning of the good life? And it came up, the Merriam-Webster uh, dictionary. And it actually came up with these two definitions. And the first one was the kind of life that people with a lot of money are able to have. There's an article in the Herald just today about this... Um, I would assume relatively wealthy New Zealand couple, and they were talking about them because they were talking about because they just um, they were just at the uh, what do you call it when they open a movie the the premiere of uh, Top Gun Maverick at the Cairns Film Festival. Okay, so they were at it with Tom Cruise at Cairns, you know, on the coast of the French Riviera. They were there, and they were just talking. This article was just talking about these people. I wrote down a couple of things that um, they sort of arrived in their luxury uh, super yacht uh, and its Auckland rich, lead, rich lister owners were pride of place docked at the Cairns Film Festival last week and their, and their beautiful boat is for sale. Just in case. I'd <laughs> I've been talking about getting a boat for a while, but. <laughs> 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 uh, 
<laughs> like on a boat. Uh, uh, the boats returned to the Mediterranean where the owners entertained and mixed business and pleasure in the famous ports of France, Spain and Italy. Listen to this. Where the uber-rich live enviable lives most of us see only in movies. That's the article in the paper. I mean, a lot of people think that the, this, this kind of life, this life is like when the temperature is just right. But you know what I've noticed is that like people go to like Rarotonga for their holidays and they go, oh, it's just so hot. <laughs> it's like we're going to get in the shade and like my drink's melting and, you know, the ice in my drink. And, and then it's like it's kind of okay late afternoon, but like, oh, can we just have air conditioning because like it's so hot at night. I'm like, why don't you stay at home? But... Um, um, but I think that most people have this like this little window of temperature that's just right. It's about three degrees, like, and it's like, like you go through like a, a you know uh, an autumn day, and it's still kind of summery temperatures, and it's like in the middle of the day, it's like oh it's so hot, oh no it's nice now, it's oh it's cold, you know. And it's like one day to next, people can like it's, it's anyway, temperatures just right. So. Anyway, the good life, you don't do any work, everyone just does everything for you, there's comfort, security, everything's good. And it sounds good, but um, let me show you what, what happens. If you, if you give yourself 100% to pursuing this life, this is what it looks like. Oh, hang on. Any of you coasties know what movie this is from? Wally, yeah, yeah. Recliners, meals in a cup, screens. But then there's this life number two. There's life number two. The other good life. Peace. Contentment. Joy. This is the life that grows when you choose a life of giving. You know how it feels when you do something for someone else? Like it just feels right and rich in your, in your inner person, doesn't it? It feels like, oh. And when this is your lifestyle, what is built in you by, by what you do and by God is this resilient heart full of peace and joy. This is interesting. You know, I talked about the definitions in the Merriam-Webster dictionary. This is the second definition: a happy and enjoyable life. So the first one's like the kind of life that rich people have, you know, that you can afford if you have lots of money. The second one is this. It says this is the definition of a good life: a happy and enjoyable life. The dictionary has just talked about these two lives that Jesus is saying. If you want to lose your life, if you want, if you want to gain your life, you have to lose your life. If you want that life that we're in the inside, it's like, you know, there's just, you get to the end of the day and you go, life is good. So Jesus is saying, let go of life number one and get life number to get life number two. You have to do that. Let go of the pursuit of, you know, the, was it self-indulgence? Um, pleasing the senses, focusing only on yourself and pursue living this life as God invites you to a life of just of giving yourself away and looking out for others. And you find the life that you really want, this rich and full heart. Proverbs eleven eighteen says, the one who sows righteousness 
reaps a sure reward. And you know, righteousness is a bit of an old-fashioned word these days, but it just means doing the right thing. Here's some, here's some homework for you if you're, if you're interested. Go home and Google um, helping others. Just, 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 that, just that phrase, helping others. What, you, what will pop up is so many articles about uh, educated people in psychology, in sociology, uh, that have done huge amounts of research into uh, this, and they're saying, like, oh, helping others is actually good for you. <laughs> it's like, you know, we know, we've got the Bible, we've, <laughs> we've known it for ages. Giving away ourselves brings good into our lives. So what have you got to give? I mean, it's a rhetorical question. Don't, don't. Um, what have you got to give? You could probably break it down into three things. Time, strength, and your stuff. You know, your, your, your stuff. All that stuff that's in your house and in your garage and in your wallet. Stuff. And when you read through Jesus's like invitation and uh, teaching, he's always calling us towards like you need to think about your stuff. There's the um, there's, a, there's a well-known story of a, of a rich young ruler, and uh, it's like he couldn't give away, he couldn't let go of his stuff. Some interesting things in uh, that great Sermon on the Mount. Again, my favorite sermon ever. Jesus, they, they actually, again, you read about everyone that has studied literature and they will say, this is, this is the greatest sermon that's ever been preached. Um, and in the middle of that, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about ways that we can give ourselves, you know, give ourselves away talks about acts of service. He does it in that context of um, make sure you do it too, that you don't do it so that everyone sees you do it. Um, because really then it's still kind of more about you. Um, he talks about acts of service, you know, giving, which is, which is like giving of your time and giving of your strength. Hey. You know, I'll help my friend build their fence or, you know, I'll be part of helping the kids learn and, and about Jesus at church or you know, I'll, I'll take my el- elderly neighbor to um, get groceries. Ah, oh, man, it was so good just seeing, like, in so many places in our community, you know, COVID comes along, and s- you just see people that have figured this out, like, I'll help. Not, and not just Christians, you know, just like people in our community love seeing that. You know, another way you can give yourself, give of yourself, is prayer. Prayer. Think, oh, I hadn't thought about it like that. Because prayer is not, you know, it's not you're not earning, you're not doing something that you're wanting to necessarily guarantee there's you're gonna get something. But prayer. You put time into that whole thing of like, I'm gonna just give of my time in this space to God. I'm gonna give of my my time and my energy to ask God for him to do something on behalf of someone else. Here's another one. Fasting. The Bible talks a lot about fasting. I know that most of us just try and get 
past that bit as fast as we can, eh? So has anyone ever done any fasting? It's the wrong word, eh? It's like it's not fast at all. It's like <laughs> you make a decision like, okay, I'm not going to eat for a little while because I want to, I've just read about it and I've, like what it, the Bible seems to teach is that when we, when we sacrifice something of ourselves, then God honors that and releases like power and, and change in our life. So I'm going to do that. And it's like five minutes into fasting, it's like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm just so hungry. And, um, you know, two hours into it, like you're feeling weak and like, <laughs> you know, oh, definitely doesn't go fast. Money, again, Jesus talks about money in Matthew chapter 6. And uh, again, we were um, on the receiving end of someone choosing to be generous with their money on Friday night and having dinner. So grateful. You know, it's just that thing like, hey, I'll, I'll buy the coffees. You know, I'll, I'll like Stanley said earlier, like, I'll, I'll sow into the ministry of my church. You know, um, I'll, I'll give to the, to the needy. Yeah. Jesus even says, like, hey, use your money to make friends. Use your money to make friends. Paul the Apostle, he, we read in the Scriptures, he, there's these letters that he's written to his uh, young pastor, he mentors, you know, Timothy. We've got first and, and Timothy and the second Timothy there. And uh, we read in one of his letters, and he's saying, like, Timothy... You need to teach your people about, about your, their stuff and about money. And he says this, First Timothy 6, 17. He says, like, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and be generous and willing to share. Time, strength, and money. Be rich in good deeds and be generous and willing to share. In this way they will lay up treasure for themselves, a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. The real good life. The best good life. It's pretty interesting how Jesus says that uh, when he talked about giving, you know, the verse that we looked at right at the at the start, we might want to jump throw that one back on the Luke 6 38 one <laughs> sorry you're making your work there um, um, interesting how Jesus says uh, hey give and it will be given to you and you, you may have read that heaps of times and you might be thinking to yourself oh I actually don't think that's a very um, godly motivation for giving is that you should just give just so that you could get something back you know, it's like, you know, surely, you know, it's just interesting though, but because that, that's what Jesus says. It's like, in this instance, he doesn't say give because otherwise you're going to become selfish and hard-hearted and you're going to put your faith in money which could vanish tomorrow. He does, he does say that at other times, but this time he just says, like, you should be a giver because if you do, you'll see a return. That's what, Jesus said that. Like he's using that as a motivation. It's just like, I've got to get you to give somehow. <laughs> but he's just like, this is, this is the reality of the way God has set up the, the world. It's like, you give, and generosity begets generosity. 
This, this, this is an investment that will give a good return. Just do it. So every day we're just gonna ha- we have this choice. We have this choice where will I be a taker or will I be a giver? Because the first life is like more of a taking life, eh? It's more like, it's all about me. In the second life, it's kind of like I need to be thinking about others, but the reality is it still comes back to you. It's like you live, the, live this life of giving and you get this return, a full measure, shaken together, poured into your lap when, you, when you're a giver. So we, for all of us, we've got to ask this question, you know, will I, what will I be? Will I live for me, just for me? Or will I choose to lose my life so I can take hold of the life that is truly life? Such a good question. Great questions to think about in your marriage, think about in your family, think about in your, in your job, think about in your with your friends, think about in your community, in, in your church. I know what it's like when you hear a message like this, uh, inviting a, ch- a change. Like, you could hear it and you think, like, it kind of makes sense. Like, what do I, but then it's like, what do I do with that? And... Uh, the thing is, if anyone invites you to do something different, you'll only do it if you believe it. So like, I'm hoping that I'm planting faith in your hearts that this is a good thing. Because you only ever make a decision to, to live differently if you have faith that it's going to be good. And faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about that which we do not see. So my invitation is, is to say yes to this. To choose a life where you give yourself away with your time and your strength and your stuff and your money. And then... See what will flow into your life. How about an amen for that? Amen. A tentative amen, because it's like it's a it's a big message, eh? Why don't we get the, mus- the musicians back up again? And uh, well, at least some of them. I was going to say just the good ones, but no, just um, <laughs> but I won't say that. <laughs> I just say that you may be here today and, uh, you know, apart from this message today, you may just, you've kind of found yourself here, but you actually feel quite far from God. Uh, Whether it's you've been close to God at one point, but today you're feeling far away from God. Or whether you've just found yourself here and not even really sure why, but but you've never really known God. And... uh, Again, as I was um, you know, just reading this week about the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to his young pastor that he mentors, Timothy. And uh, you know, he says this, and this is Paul's journey. He says that even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, 
I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. And that's, that's the story of the good news of Jesus. That, you know, we're, we do what we do, we've done what we've done, probably, you know, not really knowing, you know, any better. But the grace of the Lord Jesus is here for you today. And um, if you want that grace and mercy from God today, this grace and mercy where God is just saying, you're welcome. You're welcome in my family. You're welcome into the, the forgiveness and the love and the mercy of God. And if you want that today, why don't you just put your hand up, just, just right here, just so I can see it. Thank you. I'm just going to pray on the back of that message just that what God has got for you today will just land in your heart. And then we're just going to make some room. One of the cool things about God's people as we gather together is that God will often speak to us through people within the church. And just, uh, you know, we try to hear as best we can, but we'll just see where that goes. So, but I want to, let me pray first. Let me pray together. Heavenly Father, God of all comfort, God of all mercy, God of all grace, we, we come to you with confidence in your love for us, in your mercy, and confident in your, your calling us forward into our best life by the work of the Spirit. And God, I pray that where people have found something of today and it's just landed in their heart and they go that's for me that's for me god we just uh we pray for those people god we pray blessing on them god give them courage as they step towards you and forward in their in their journey of faith god we pray that you would protect that word god and that it would land and stay and it would be like a seed that would be embedded in fertile soil and and, and bear much growth and much fruit God, we pray for our, uh, our younger people who may be in a place where uh, their resources are few. God, I pray that, just the, the, that, that this wouldn't just go right over their, over their heads or they wouldn't dismiss this as something for others. But the truth of, and, the, and the power of these words, again, would, and the invitation would land in their hearts. That we would choose to lose our life so that we can gain our life.
Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whanau or you'd like to touch base, then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. Enjoy the day and be blessed.